Hi, everybody. Before we begin this podcast, I wanted to give you a heads up that we're going to release some shows that were pre-recorded before COVID-19, before the pandemic really started to affect our businesses. Here on the podcast and in the school, we've put out quite a bit of COVID-19 content or pivoting, going virtual, and we'd love to get back to focusing on things like creating different business models and all of the things that really help make our businesses grow. I didn't want you to miss out on some really terrific shows, but I did want to make you aware so that you might adjust some of the ideas to suit today's climate. Let's say if someone's talking about running live events, just take a look at it through the idea of going virtual instead. I think you know what I mean. There's no question that it's not business as usual. It's going to be a long haul with this pandemic, but let's just keep moving forward. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, a show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome, everyone, to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Today, we're talking about PR and how to use it to gain more exposure, resulting in, what do we want the most? Speaking engagements, of course. I'm happy to have Courtney Love Gavin here with me. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Jane. I'm delighted to be here. Now, just FYI, we're do, we'll do audio only on this, so you don't have to worry about uh, what's happening on the video. We, we're looking at each other every right now, but uh, sometimes I forget to tell people, don't worry about your facial expressions. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about your business and how you got into the company that you have today. Thank you. Yes. I work with entrepreneurs and small business owners, speakers, on helping them develop their visibility through PR and earned media. And so I do that through coaching, consulting, and a handful of one-on-one clients. And what led me to be here is I actually spent almost two decades in PR, corporate, both on the company side, like for companies like Nordstrom and Juice Beauty, and on the agency side where I also worked with a lot of big companies and brands. And then about two years ago, I became a creative entrepreneur myself mm-hmm. and um, launched a tangible goods business, Who's That Housewife? And I realized as I dove you know, into this world that no one is really talking about PR as far as how that can help increase your bottom line. Mm-hmm. I would learn about Facebook ads and email marketing, and it just blew my mind because PR is something that doesn't cost you anything to do. Like when I do Facebook, if you don't know what you're doing, Facebook ads could be like, you're setting your money on fire <laughs> and right. Yes. And so, and been this, there, done that. Right? Uh, yeah. I have the, yes, I right have the ashes to prove it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, and PR is something that can really set you apart, you know, when it comes to your credibility or, you know, in this case, when you're choosing between two speakers and maybe they have, you know, similar credentials, mm-hmm. if one of them you know, it shows that they were in Fast Company or Forbes or that they're a regular contributor, you know, insert place here, that can be the determining factor because it, you know, helps that, you know, conference, right? They get more prestige 
because of that. And so I just want to make PR a lot more approachable and that people, you know, believe and know that it's not something that you need to wait until you get X done, until you make six figures. It, it, you know, it's not a luxury. It's something that everyone, you know, can, it's a learnable skill. Right, right. And, and I love that you said it's not a luxury. I think a lot of people might maybe misunderstand the difference between PR and marketing. Wouldn't you say that marketing is the umbrella and PR is one of the arms of it? Yes, definitely. And I think what sets, you know, PR apart is that it's that third party credibility. So an analogy that I like to use is that if you are on a date with someone and they are telling you directly, right? I'm a great guy, right? (laughs) That would be, that would be ad marketing. Sure. Sure you are. Sure. You're a great guy. Right. If, that person says, you know, my friends say I'm a great guy, then Mm -hmm. that would be like advertising. And then PR is when your date gets up and goes to the bathroom and there's (sighs) a couple next to you and the guy like leans over and goes, he's a great guy. Right. So it's, it's intangible a lot of the time, but it's something that it, it, it can't be bought. It, you, you don't get to control everything and it's limited, right? Like I think especially today when we talk about trust, PR is something that can set, it, whether it's a person or a brand, apart and that it's also something that can really complement your other marketing efforts. I'm not advocating for stop everything else and just do PR. Mm-hmm, I find right. that it's more about if you're already doing these other things, why wouldn't you also Right. You know, add PR into the mix. You know, I think people tend to wait until they have a book to actually invest in PR. So let's talk about what we might be doing. Sure. If you have a book, you're going to maybe do a big PR push and you hope to sell books from that. But let's talk about how someone might use PR in order to get more speaking engagements directly. Let's, yeah. let's line up the dots for that for everybody. I think that it's, it's something that if you answer like these four questions, then it will really help you like get started. So okay. the first thing that I would ask is what is your platform? Like if someone is going to recommend you for a speaking gig, what is it that you want them to say? Like, oh, you know, you got to talk to my girlfriend, Jane. She is, you know, the best at talking about, you know, this subject or like this topic. So, you know, have a grasp on that, which I think everyone who's listening to this right now does, hopefully mm-hmm. in some, you know, sense. The second question is, what are your goals? Because, I mean, some people that I talk to, they just really want to travel, right? They want to work the speaking circuit, and that is their goal. They want to, they want to say that they've spoken in, you know, X amount of countries, right? For other people, maybe it's that they really want to fill their mentorship program, right? Or their, mm-hmm. their consulting business. So it's about needing that, you know, larger audience. Mm-hmm. For others, maybe it's that they want to get a book deal, Right. Or they want to be, I have some clients and they really want to be hired to speak internally at big organizations. And so think about like, what, what is your goal? And then the third question is who are the audiences that you're, you know, trying to reach and what is it that they look at? So there are two audiences that we have there. I think there's the audience that is ultimately 
at the speaking opportunities, right? Like who are going to be the butts in the seats? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the audience of what are the meeting planners or the bookers? What are they reading? Right. What are they looking at? Because people who sign the checks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because that's important. Right. That you're, you know, on their radar. And I think that they usually have some sort of idea of what their audience reads. But if you really want to influence them, like, you know, if they read a contributed article or something like that and you're quoted in it and they're like, oh, hey, I need a speaker on engineering right? Mm-hmm. In third world countries. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that, right. They're, they're going to reach out to you. And so I think, you know, really knowing that audience will help shape your, you know, PR efforts. And then the fourth question is what is it that like lights you up? Like, what is it that you really have unique takes on? Because those are going to be the media angles that will get you you know, published or notoriety and also probably, you know, going back to, you know, booking speaking. But I really think that having those PR wins can be a competitive, you know, advantage. And it'll also help. I've seen where they ultimately want to know, like, are you going to be a draw? Right. Mm -hmm. When I was in corporate, you know, when I worked for companies that like Google, right. If they say that they have a speaker from Google, a Google is a name that everyone knows. Mm -hmm. So that will ultimately help them sell more tickets to their event. But when I, you know, led PR for companies that were more on the B2B side that didn't have that flash and stuff, I could have someone that was maybe a much more qualified speaker, but because there wasn't that you know, pizzazz around it, that isn't going to be a draw, you know, for them. And, and ultimately, you know, that's a consideration. Right. So, for sure. Sometimes they need to put bums in seats and that means that they need a name or at least some sort of bio recognition, like you said, with Google. Okay. So let's think about how we are going to approach PR. One of the reasons why you might want to hire a company to help you is because they already have all the contacts, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we can give some tips to do it yourself, but let me just put that as a caveat and then set it aside because why do you want to go and bang your head against all these walls when, and, and also you also know how to frame a pitch so that it's something that's timely and relevant for you. Yes. Yeah, that's extremely important. And something that I will say is that when you hire someone, ultimately when you hire a professional, you're going to get there faster, right? Like Mm -hmm. if I hire a chef to cook a meal, right? Or I take a cooking class or if they teach me, you know that having outsourcing it completely is (laughs) going to get you that like A-list result. But the difference is, is that maybe you're not going to be able to outsource it, you know, all the time. And I will say that as far as relationships go, if you approach them with something valuable, and I really think that if you're going to hire someone and maybe you, you can't necessarily afford or you know want to go like all in with a several month retainer, you can have someone help you with that strategy, right? And and saying, okay, here, let's get your like maybe PR bio, here are your angles. And then this is your audience. Here are like some suggested targets, Yeah, you know, so that way you can start to get the ball rolling. That's really good. I love that. And I could hire you to say, okay, Courtney, 
I want to get to be on Forbes radar. I would like to write for them or Huffington Post or whoever. Yeah. Um, can you help me accomplish that? And yeah. I think that that's, you know, anything that's going to raise your profile to that degree is going to be very helpful. Now, there is a lot of pay to play kind of stuff. I have been approached by a lot of these big companies that you sound like, oh, I'm so honored that you've chosen me. And then there's like a big price tag at the yes. other end of it. And I'm lumped in with a whole bunch of other people who are also writing for Forbes or whoever it might be. So talk about the pay to play stuff a little bit. Have you ever had anybody do that successfully? Uh, yes, I have. I think you really need to evaluate the opportunity because I mean, now I, I believe they need to disclose it a little bit more when it is, you know, pay to play. And I will say for the most part, I don't think that it's, you know, worthwhile. And sometimes like, for example, I know that like entrepreneurs on fire, that's a pay to play opportunity. Well, for the most part, I it, it wasn't when I was on it, yeah, but maybe, no, and maybe I've, it is I've, now. Also, I don't know. I've secured clients on there who yeah. it wasn't pay to play. Like right, I right. saw that and I was like, oh, we're not going to pay that. Yeah. Um, and it ultimately worked and it's not for everyone, but I also understand that like doing a podcast costs money, right? Like you have to edit it, you're marketing it, you're creating you, like it, there is a little bit of money that like, you know, goes into that. Mm -hmm. But I think for, for the most part, when you're getting pitches from outlets that you haven't heard of, the result is that your audience probably hasn't heard of them either. Now, if it's a publication like entrepreneur or something mm -hmm. like that, where you know, they have really big prestige and they're able to show maybe that it can go farther. Like if it's basically, you can be blogging on their platform and it would be exposed, yeah. that might be a relevant opportunity. But right. I would say for the most, but I mean, usually that's thousands of dollars and I think they just need to look at it. Like I have a client who was approached by Fast Company to be a part of like this presidential organization and they were touting like the CEO of SoulCycle is a part of it and you know all of these people are a part of it but then you know you ultimately want to know it's same thing with speaking like who's going to be in the room right yeah. who who are those audiences going to be so interesting okay so let's say that we want to get some sort of press so that we can raise our profile and get more speaking engagement yeah. Tell me today, okay, so we're taping this around the early part of March. I don't know when it's going to play, Courtney, but I'm going to try to push it up to the front of the line so that we can kind of be timely in terms yeah. of what we're talking about. Right now, the market's in the shitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, coronavirus is creeping up on us, and, and there's a whole lot going on in the world that it could affect our industry. But if I wanted to take the advantage, so I'm not speaking from my perspective, I'm speaking from a client's perspective as a speaker. If I wanted to take advantage of that, maybe I'd write an article about how do you and your company deal with what's going on out there in the world right now? Or if you can't have your big meeting that you were planning, what else could you do? Like, I think that I would want to be of service to those people and provide them with something timely and positive because right now it's just like a sea of negativity. Yes. Well, we are, we're in a political year right now. Mm -hmm. And so because it is an election year, that's something that will infuse every 
even if you're in beauty, right? It's something that's going to be showing up there. And yeah, I do think that, as you said, timeliness, when you think about something that's newsworthy, you want to think about what is it that I'm offering that's unique? So Mm -hmm. beyond like, I'm a professional, uh, I help people talk about organization. Yeah, and like here are some or- Yeah, right? <laughs> but, like, exactly. You need to get more into it. And then yeah. also, rather than trying to create, you know, a, have a spotlight that's over here and then have it go on you, why don't you go to where the attention already is? So whether that's an election, uh, a virus that's happening, um, award. We just had a lot of award shows. Right, right. You could talk about that. Now, would it be a little bit dicey to get political in what you're talking about? Or could you premise that in a way that would be safe? I think that it really goes back to your value and like the stance Mm -hmm. that your company has or or that you have, right? Like if, like if you're endorsing a political candidate <laughs> that yeah. might be a little different, but if, but if there are, yeah, but if there are issues that are really, you know, important to you, like at my last company, we created something called the lipstick lobby after our current U S president was elected. And we decided to, what we called it like a social justice beauty brand. And we partnered with organizations like Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and, you know, the Brady campaign to prevent gun violence. And those are some polarizing topics. Yes. But we knew as, and we had a lot of, you know, this was a full-fledged media company. So we had a lot of conservative, you know, advertising partners. Mm-hmm. But we knew that ultimately, you know, anyway. But it was something that we stood for. The company felt and good about doing you it. you put your stake in the ground and yeah. said, this is our belief system. Yes. And that might have been a little risky at the time. And, and maybe that's not what we're saying exactly here. No, but but I, if you do have something that you're really passionate about yeah. and you do want to put your stake in the ground and said, this is my beliefs, then go for it, right? Yeah. I mean, the people that have the same values will be more attracted to you for being so brave and the people who don't have the same values as you, maybe they're not your perfect customers anyway. Exactly. And I, I think that that's very, very important. Now, obviously you want to be tactful in how you are communicating, but I think that that is a great point, Jane, because that goes back to the contrarian point of view is something mm-hmm. that press and media want to hear. Like if right. you're on a, if you're on a website and let's say you're into um, meditation is a topic mm-hmm. that you speak about and you feel that everything that you read about meditation is wrong, right? <laughs> that's a that's great a, thing. That's a great and, pitch. Yeah, Somebody might great... go, everything about meditation is wrong. I, I'm going to lean in with curiosity towards that and say, well, what is this person saying? And, and that might be something that we can run in our paper or in our blog or publication or podcast or whatever it might be, because I want to hear a contrarian view. That's something that Alan Weiss, who's a a godfather in our industry um, in consulting often talks about is coming at it from the contrarian view. So yeah, maybe that's uh, something to be thinking about is do I have a view that's different from everybody else's? Yeah. And, and making sure that that's coming from an authentic place. Like don't just take an opposing view because you <laughs> feel that that is going, because right. you know, you, you, it goes back to like, you know, what is it that you want to be known for? What are the, you know, the different, you know, facets of your platform and how can that, 
you know, be translated to media. Something yeah. that we hit on that I wanted to go back to is that sure. when you hire someone for PR, we talked about contacts, right? And I'm a big believer that you can make those contacts yourself because okay. I mean, I, I've been in PR for a very long time, but I also... A lot of times I will work with clients in different verticals where maybe I do not have someone on speed dial, so to say, mm -hmm. to, you know, like reach out to, and I'm still successful. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone who's listening can start to engage with who some of their targets, you know, might be in a very thoughtful way. And so that doesn't mean like, don't be creepy, right? Like don't start sending <laughs> them 10 DMs, but you know, engage with them. Like it's showing versus telling. And so when you are going to send a pitch, right? I would imagine some of them do this when they're pitching themselves for speaking opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it goes a lot further in this example, if it's a podcast that you're pitching, like write a review. When you're listening to it, screenshot that and tag them and put that in your Facebook and Instagram stories. Or I did a post about a month ago uh, where I was just talking about some female leaders had something you know to do with work and I tagged them and to my surprise they shared it and commented on it and I was able to get on the radar that was not my intention yeah. at all yeah but I think that it you know or subscribe to their email list and a lot of the time there's a call to action there and you know reply like start just showing up thoughtfully you know, on articles, there's a way that, you, and a lot of people don't comment these days. So if there are only three comments and you are one of them, they're going to know like who you are. So that way, when you do reach out, when you're saying something about mm -hmm. like, Oh, I, you know, I loved the tip that you did last month. I implemented that. It really made a big difference in my business, whatever it may be, you know, you're not like coming out of nowhere and right you're already giving them some sort of value and that it doesn't take, it isn't hard. It's right? not that difficult. I love the idea of screenshotting a review or something like that to really get on somebody's radar. That is beautiful. I have people who I would say are a little stalker-esque um, <laughs> out, out on Instagram and they write the exact same line, you know, great job. If you'd like to collab, you know, da 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 da. It's it's like okay, um, you've written that to me no less than twenty times, so it feels very inauthentic or or lacking in genuineness. <laughs> Not that no, it's no, that's very true. It, it's super important. Like, don't say, especially in your stories. This is my number one favorite podcast or blog <laughs> or something like that because they're going to see that and then it, it, it doesn't make it, you know, yeah. authentic. It like, feels just, like, okay, how many other people are you doing the exact same thing to? I mean, if you've done it to me 20 times, then, oh, yeah, anyway. And it, it, and it almost counts against you, right? It really like does. It, like it, it, now it I will never do business with you because you have done this kind of weird stalker thing. So, okay. Do you have, I'm totally putting you on the spot here. Okay. Do you have the story of someone who had a goal to get some PR that would lead to a speaking engagement or some, some version of their success that you could say, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then ta-da, the rainbow came and the pot yeah. of gold at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's important. I mean, I feel PR is similar to speaking in that it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? 
like you want to build a sustainable business yes. and that each thing builds upon each other. Okay. And so something that I talk about is influencing the influencer. Okay. So it may be if your goal is to be, you know, in the New York times, you can easily, um, something like 85, 90% of journalists are on Twitter. So I'm not saying that you need to add another social media platform into rotation, but you, you can easily create an account and do private lists so Most that you can see. People are already on there. So yeah. 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 Okay. To, to you, and you can see by what they're sharing and commenting on what it is that they're reading. Okay. And so I, uh, you know, had a client where they, we figured out sort of what are the smaller like publications that were influencing the people that they wanted to, you know, be in front of okay. and pitching them, you know, securing, you know, opportunities. And then from a like, podcast interview there, then there was inbound where someone else said, Hey, will you, you know, write a contributed article for my site on, you know, this will you go on my podcast like for this? Because I think much like speaking, PR is something that builds on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Once you get one opportunity, then other opportunities, you know, start to go your way. It also really helps with your search results and your mm -hmm. SEO yeah. because Google, you know, you get those backlinks, right? Google yep. favors news articles, which is where most opportunities are sort of, you know, put from. Okay. And, you know, a local news appearance. And then from there, uh, one of a producer at NBC was able to see that they were on, you know, a local broadcast, like what they did. And then they ended up being on the, you know, the today show, which for them made a lot of sense. Because one thing that I will say is yes. that those dreamy opportunities like mm -hmm. Oprah magazine or the today show or good morning America, like sometimes that is an ego, you know, boost. It's a nice stroke. There. Yes. It's a nice stroke, but you need to think about your audience and who you're trying to reach. Guess what? They're not staying at home cooking breakfast for no. their kids at nine o'clock in the morning. They're at the office. So what are they reading on the way or, you know, what are they listening to yeah. on the way to the office? I get that. But I do like the idea of the way we sidestep that is, okay, you get an opportunity to go on the Today Show. You're going to go on the Today Show. Let's use that clip for credibility. On, yeah. And that's something you see on the homepage of your website because exactly. it's got the cool, cool factor. But is it going to be, is it going to mean that your business just explodes because you're on the Today? Probably not, right? No, no, it's not. And when you are looking at those larger mainstream opportunities, it mm -hmm. is a lot of more middle America. So if you're selling something, like if your services cost over $99, mm -hmm. it, it, you're not, if you're in Oprah magazine or on the today show, you might have a lot of inquiries where people want freebies or discounts, mm -hmm. but you're not going to fill your business. Yeah. Right. If you're doing consulting of some sort with those mainstream opportunities, because that is not like, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be a lot better off doing niche publications and like podcasts in yeah. terms of, you know, reaching your audience and audiences where people tend to invest in themselves. I, I get spend that. Spend a lot more money. So, I get that. I have to really be discerning because it, often something sexy will land in my inbox and then I have to remind myself, 
hey, wait a second, their market isn't speakers. And, you know, somebody said, we get 2 million views a day on our website. Would you like to partner with us? Well, it was a job search place. Unemployed people are not my market. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> um, and then they like were viciously coming after me again and again, you know, why aren't you doing this? Well, A, now you've pissed me off. You're too aggressive. But B, <laughs> Unemployed people are not my market. Thank you very much. Like, I, I think you really have to remind yourself again and again, who is your market? And the more focused, so we have this saying over here called pick a lane. And when we say pick a lane, we're talking about your topic. But when we do kind of like our outreach, our outbound marketing, we do tend to have maybe two or three industries mm -hmm. in mind. And I love that idea that you just came to us with about really looking at asking those questions. Let's say you pick insurance. Well, who do you read? Who influences you in insurance? What are some yeah. of the smaller publications that you read to? What's your Bible in insurance? Asking your current clients what they read, where they belong, you know, what is your mainstream news source? That's good intel, right? Oh, that's no, that's fantastic, fantastic intel. In fact, I um, I have a guide that I created for your audience. They can get it Ooh. at CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash wealthy speaker. And it lays oh. out sort of how you can get, you know, started. And that is one of the first steps that I have is to ask your audience who influences them. Mm. Where do they get their insurance, you know, information? And they yeah. might say, oh, my uncle Sal, who's <laughs> Uh, broker at, <laughs> or what, they what, might what, say the insurance news, you know, exactly. whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Or the insurance section, or I go on LinkedIn and yeah. search for this, you know, topic. And Group. if you don't, yeah. if you're just starting and let's say you don't have an email list and maybe mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of clients yet, like go, you can go to Reddit, you can go to Quora, you can go into Facebook groups, you can post it on your LinkedIn, Facebook, you can post it on your profile. Like right. there are ask people in real life if you're at a networking event or a conference or of some sort. But there yeah. are a lot of ways to get those answers. And the best way to get them is from the audience themselves. Because even I will say for my own business, who's that housewife? It's for Bravoholics and Real Housewives fans. And uh -huh. I thought that I w was hardcore and that, and also I know PR. So I thought, oh, I know every podcast. I know every person. And someone in a mastermind that I was in, someone actually suggested a podcast that I hadn't heard of and said, have you pitched them? Mm. And they ended up being, that podcast ended up being my most successful as far as conversion rates goes. And I would have never known about them yep. if I didn't ask That's where really they got good. their information. That's and really good. Yeah. Let's let's uh, say the, the, the URL again, and then Monica's going to put that in the show notes for us. Okay. Perfect. It's a CourtneyLoveGavin.com, Courtney with a C, yeah. slash a wealthy speaker. I love that. I love that. Now, you've got to tell us the story around your name because Courtney Love <laughs> is someone that we are thinking of from LA, is from is somebody else. Talk about, talk yes. about your uh, strategy behind Courtney Love Gavin. Oh, you know, that is my, my, no, of course. No, it's fine. I always, people are say, are you named after her? And I say, no, I'm too old. 
I believe she was hooking at the time. Uh, Love was my maternal grandmother's first name. And so Courtney Love is like my parents' take on Marianne. Um, I was the first granddaughter. My mom um, is the youngest of six. And so I was, I think, after like 15 grandsons or something. So um, my grandmother was like, her name is going to be Love. And uh, Oh, I love that. That's that's (laughs) pun intended. No, it's, no, it's fine. And, you know, growing up, you're teased for being different. So I remember like yeah. taking nail polish to my lunchbox <laughs> and trying to like get it off. And now as an adult, it's just something that I remember in college there were like, it's a beautiful uh, differentiator. Yeah. I right? love it. Yeah. You could own it, do yeah, whatever it is, but that is the story behind. I wish that it were like, uh, <laughs> something more dramatic. No, that's really a good story. I like it a lot. All right. So We've talked through a lot of ideas about how Mm -hmm. to get more PR, and I'm hoping some of the questions that you've asked, I'm hoping people will go and get your freebie because I'm hoping that a lot of the questions that you asked will sink in and they can get more information there. Is there anything that we need to talk about that is really, like, what are your final thoughts? You want to get more PR, what should you do, or something that maybe we've missed? Yeah, I think you should just start because mm. I find for the most part, Jane, that I I give tips like every week, right? Like on Friday, I gave one about why um, you're not getting any responses from your pitches, right? Mm. Like seven things that you need to look through. But honestly, for the most part, I find that people aren't doing it. I yeah. very rarely will run into someone that I sent an email and it's been a month and I haven't heard back. For the most mm-hmm. part, I think that it's breaking through and a lot of times I feel like it's mindset, mm-hmm. as far, but I would hope that everyone who is doing paid speaking opportunities really feels that they have something of value to yep. share with the world and in a larger way. And PR is something that will help you get there. And if you think about fears, right? The worst case scenario is that you're going to be exactly where you are right now. Or ignored. Exactly. So what if that happens? I love that you have been featured in Forbes and People and Cosmopolitan and Fast Company. And if somebody listening has an idea that's timely for Fast Company and they think, I'm just going to pitch it, where would they even start? Like, what's a job title? at Fast Company that you would begin with? So what I would do is I would look on Fast Company and I would see who has written about your topic recently. Mm, nice. And sometimes they're contributed people because Fast Company is great about hyperlinking and saying um, if it is a contributor, someone who isn't on staff. Yeah. But, the, but they're really good. And most publications will have the email addresses on there. And if you can't find them, if journalists want to be pitched. So if you go to their social media profiles, like Twitter, Mm -hmm. um, you can find it, you know, on their worst case scenario, you can do editor or contact at whatever publication, but the more targeted you are. That's a really good, good, good piece of advice right there. Yeah. You just gave me an idea because there's been lots of topics. There's been lots of people who have written about, you know, how do you get your first paid speaking engagement or something like that. 
I should be talking to those people who wrote those articles and say, hey, I could be a great resource for you if you're ever doing another article about this. Or even, you know, or or do you want to do something together or whatever, right? Yeah, or you could even say, if it was a recent article, you could say, hey, you know, here's a little known thing, right? That most people don't know. And I've booked over, you know, Mm. enter your credibility factors right there. This many speaking gigs, or I help people Mm-hmm. get their first speaking gig and, you know, or maybe a follow-up piece that you yeah. can say, here are the things to look out for. Because I would imagine if it's your first speaking gig, maybe you're so excited mm-hmm. that you're not asking about- You'll forget um, about the pitfalls. Yeah. yeah or, or the rights to it. Like, let's say that yeah. you want to make sure that you have video of that, that you want to use for right. future ads or on your website and you signed away those rights and there's nothing you can do. That's um, really good. Really, really or, good. Yeah. Good. I love it. All right. Well, we've given people quite a number of things and I really hope that they're going to reach out to you for your freebie because I think I want to get it too. I want to see what some of those questions are. Courtney, you have been absolutely delightful and I'm so happy that you came on the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have a lot of listeners out on iTunes and all of the various mediums. And for those of you who are listening in, thank you so much for your dedication and thanks for continuing to help us grow this podcast. We are just absolutely thrilled with our reviews and our testimonials that people have been leaving. And I want to say we appreciate you and I hope you'll keep listening. And with that, we will say see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Would you like a chance to win a free virtual coaching session with Jane Atkinson? Go to speakerlauncher.com slash win and follow the instructions there to be entered into the contest. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.